I'm Joe White, the voice of Chris Redfield. When I'm not surviving the horror of the Spencer Mansion, I'm listening to the Crimson Head Elder podcast. This is Katie O'Hagan, the voice of Mia Winters, and when I'm not babysitting temperamental bioweapons, I'm listening to the Crimson Head Elder podcast. My name is Richard Wall. Just think of me as a ghost from the past. This is Paula Rhodes, Evelyn in Resident Evil 7 Biohazard. This is Michelle Ruff, the voice of Jill Valentine. I'm Reva DePala, the voice of Rebecca Chambers. Hi, my name is Allison Court. My name is Sarah Coates, the voice of Marguerite Baker, and you are listening to Crimson Head Elder Podcast. Wanna come to dinner? Greetings and welcome to the Crimson Head Elder Podcast Halloween season, and a very special welcome to our very special guest the actor for Albert Wesker in four main series installments, Resident Evil Zero, Resident Evil 4, Resident Evil Code Veronica X, and of course DVD special Wesker's Report. Welcome Richard War. Hello little fishies, come to my hook. (laughs) (laughs) Well that set the tone straight away. Well, Richard, thank you so much for being with us. We've had your fans from all over the world posting questions at our Twitter account, but also at our website. And you've you've so very, very generously offered to answer some of those. So without further ado, you've got myself, George Trevor, asking some questions. And across in Pennsylvania, we've got the Oracle Dragon. Hello, everyone. Aaron was with us when you so graciously surprised us last Halloween. Yes, I remember. Yeah, we didn't record my squeal. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Oh, there we go, Aaron, because I think that's your first question answered, because I think someone really wanted to hear that famous Wesker laugh. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. It comes from Yoke. For all the fans that like to imitate you, can you please give us a small lesson on how you do the voice? And if it's not too cheeky to put you on the spot, can we get a Wesker laugh? (laughs) Okay. How I approach Wesker is I get as low in my chest as possible, and then I add a slight into the mask, and eventually I bring in this mid-Atlantic accent. I also tend to uh, think of him as very in the in the front of the face, that he, he wants to communicate with as little effort, little sort of vocal effort as possible, so it's all in the front of the mouth. As, as I get older, it's getting a bit more gravelly. <laughs> <laughs> No, even before the laugh, I literally, without even realising it, I put my hand on the paw of my husky that sat here, almost for like reassurance. (laughs) (laughs) You'll save me. It's the voice that gets to you. He's the ghost from the past. Oh, fantastic. The laugh was incredible. (laughs) Thank you. I I am getting more gravelly as I get older, and I don't mind it at all. That's why I want to redo all of Wesker. (laughs) Wesker having a fine cup of wine, and Claire's next to him. Hey. Yeah. You like my voice still? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And now, a very special Halloween treat for the Resident Evil community from the voice of the insidious Albert Wesker, Richard Waugh, reprising his role as Albert Wesker for an exclusive in-character recording of a Resident Evil file. From Resident Evil Zero, the assistant director's diary, recorded by the very man who brought Wesker to life. And Richard Waugh has added the extra treat of reading the file from Albert Wesker's perspective.
Personal log entry, September 2nd. A bunch of useless trainees, as always. Where do they find these idiots? Only decent one aside from myself is William. I suppose I should not complain. Less competition. He and I are the only two with a future. September 25th. William fancies himself a scholar. I like practical application. We are opposites in every respect except two. We both like the competition and we're both ruthless. October 7th. The directors are encouraging a rivalry between William and I. Even Marcus is showing an interest, wondering who to wager on. It will be me. I will tear out dear William's throat if I have to. Aaron, where are uh, you? I'm in Pennsylvania. Oh, you're in Pennsylvania? Okay. In the woods. <laughs> Because Paul had said you're the same yeah. time zone, and I thought, oh, I wonder where. <laughs> you're the voice of Albert Wesker, the one who has haunted us in the shadows for centuries. Well, since the games. And I love that, the fact that there's something I've done that has lasted this long in fandom, in fans' and hearts and minds. Well, I particularly enjoyed the fact that, as which is normally the case with Japanese video games, unfortunately not so much the case particularly now with the Resident Evil series, is that you came back, you know, not just once, twice, three times, and then to voice the Wesker's report. I always feel it just gives the character that extra sort of edge of integrity if you can follow the character's development as the same actor voices. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Greetings. You must be the lovely Claire Redfield. Who are you? Let's just say that I'm a ghost coming back to haunt your... Dear brother. Wesker? It seems there's not much explaining to do, is there? I was the one who attacked this island. Who'd have thought you'd be hanging about? <laughs> All the better for me. Now that the cat dragged in this nice surprise, your ever-so-caring brother will definitely show up. I must thank you for being such good bait. I don't know what went on between you two, but you have them all wrong. My brother is not the kind of person you think he is. I despise Chris. Uh, what are you going to do to him? Oh, how your brother will weep to see you die. <laughs> what? What is it? Stay there. I'm coming. It appears you may be of some further use to me. I'm going to let you live a little longer. You've got the questions, Richard. I read them over, and then I thought, give you raw law. I'm just <laughs> going to answer whatever's in my head. I'm not going to try and remember things or re, you know, look up things that I couldn't remember or anything. Yeah always very gracious for voice actors to speak to us that aren't necessarily gamers and don't know an enormous amount about the series you know may not necessarily and why should they know a lot about the, you know their character after and, and before the, the game that they voice 
And so we're always very, very grateful when, when these actors come on. But special opportunity when we do interview actors like yourself and Alison Court that are, are steeped in the history and, and could perhaps tell us a few things about the characters. And so, yeah, I know me and Aaron are, are really hyped by the fact that we haven't just got a, a fantastic actor, but also, a, a, would I be right to say, a, a passionate gamer as well? I love gaming. I don't know a lot about Resident Evil. That's the, that's the odd thing. I am new to gaming because my teenage sons, I think I may have told you this before, I was bugging my teenage sons that they were in front of that damn video game all the time. And one of them said, Dad, it's just like Dungeons and Dragons when you were a teen. And I said, no, it's not. We had to think (laughs) and write and do math. And I said, and by the way, if there was a game in which I could recreate my old Dungeons and Dragons character and play it, I would. And they handed me Skyrim. And I went, oh, okay, I'll try it. And I was done. I was completely done. That's kind of a mic drop moment, isn't it? When you make, you make that comment and then, yeah, just all they have to do is literally just they hand just handed it Skyrim. to me here. <laughs> this. And you mentioned maths as well. I can remember getting stuck on a couple of Resident Evil puzzles where I've had to do my maths. Resident Evil Zero, for example, when you're having to stop the train with Billy and Rebecca. Yeah, you really had to think on that part because you're like, okay, I can't see the numbers. You have to go up to this number. Uh, 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 get a limited time. Um, hurry, hurry, think, think, think. This is Delta Team. This is Delta Team. We have gained control of the train. Over. Understood. This does not make any sense. How was the T-Virus leaked? And why did it contaminate both the lab and the mansion, as well as a train almost three miles away? That's irrelevant. We must make sure no knowledge of this gets out. Destroy the train. Completely. How far away are you from the nearest branch line? About ten minutes to... What happened? Let me just say it's my complete pleasure. Whenever I get to hook into the Resident Evil fans, I'm I'm always very pleased. We're so pleased and, and privileged to have you here. And again, you very graciously surprised us on last Halloween's call when we were interviewing Claire Redfield actress, Alison Court, and of course, Leela Johnson, Alexia Ashford. That was an absolute pleasure for us to hear you then. So thank you so much for coming back. Oh, you're very welcome. That was entirely Alison's idea. She had called me earlier in the day and said, do you want to do something for me? I'm about to do an interview. Could you just chime in? And I thought, okay, I'll come on, I'll say hello, say a Wesker line, and then I'll just let her do her interview. And then I ended up sticking around for however long, 20 minutes. What was fantastic about that as well is is we really got into the gist of the gameplay in terms of your passion for sort of RPGs and that kind of led us onto a discussion about the potential of, of how we would all enjoy a open world RPG type game set in Raccoon City. Yeah, yeah, I remember thinking, I remember that we talked about, I at least compared it to the second Dragon Age where you get to, you're in one city, but there's a depth to it. There's more story, more and more things to do within that small, relatively small space so that your data can be used on storytelling instead of open world and just going and going. I certainly was enthused by that, you know, that suggestion, like you say, very deep as opposed to very wide. And and if you take Raccoon City, for example, you don't necessarily have to recreate the entire scope of a city in in a Grand Theft Auto type of way. You've just got, you know, three or four very iconic buildings, the RPG and Spencer Mansion, uh, the hospital. 
put into those few buildings so much story content. Yeah, especially if you could create your own character. Because you could have lots of non-playable characters from the series. Yeah. That would be great. Yeah. And you could, you know, you could face off with a Wesker or maybe even Alex, who I just learned about. I didn't know I had a sister. (laughs) And she's here with us tonight. No. The interesting thing about that narrative is the Wesker children is that there are 13. That was one of the questions too, what his thoughts about Alex were. So there's potential for up to 12 other siblings. An army of Weskers. Well, I think that was the idea, wasn't it, Aaron? It was, but they're all dead now. (laughs) The good citizens became zombies, and the city had headed for its devastating fate. Humans were no match against zombies. In the chaos, Umbrella Europe applied a new type bow called Nemesis. The Nemesis would hunt down and destroy the surviving member of STARS, Jill. It became imperative that our organization also obtain the Nemesis data. Okay, the first question is easy from Alfred Wesker 187 of Texas. Mr. Wall. You are the iconic voice of Albert Wesker, the greatest villain of all time. What in your life experience inspired you to become a voice actor? What was the big break that got you noticed in the industry? And how did you become such an accomplished actor? First of all, I wouldn't say I'm entirely accomplished. I do work, which is (laughs) in itself a wonderful thing when you're an actor. It's a very small number of people who actually get to make a living doing just this. In order to do that, you have to do just about everything. I uh, had run a children's theater in London, Ontario, called the Storybook Minstrels. That was just a way to to not have to work for my father as an apprentice electrician, because I hated being an apprentice electrician. (laughs) (laughs) And when I was doing children's theater in the summer and community theater during the winter in London, Ontario, partway through, I, I sort of thought, this is really my only marketable skill. I should maybe pursue this. Otherwise, I will starve. So I went to Ryerson Theatre School, and from Ryerson Theatre School, I was picked up by the Shaw Festival Company in Niagara-on-the-Lake. Well, it's about eight months of the year, and then, you know, it's move back to Toronto to the little bachelor apartment and figure out what you're going to do now. Hopefully, you can get a play at uh, one of the theatres here, Tarragon or Passamorai or one of those. But I got sent out to commercials. My first jobs were ads. One of my ads, early ads, was for Certs Mini Mints, a product that never really lasted, that used morphing technology. They morphed my face so that it seemed like the mints were bouncing around through my cheeks and things like that. (laughs) The guys who made that got hired by Michael Jackson to do the black-white video, which blew up like crazy. It was sort of the Mm. first time we'd seen those kind of computer animated graphics. That led to me being invited into, you know, more and more commercials. And I did one for Toshiba Notebook that sort of blew up. And there were people with T-shirts that had my tagline, which was, I checked my notebook. Like, it was a huge thing. So I became known within advertising. Being known within advertising had people doing radio ask if they could, if I could be brought in to do voice work. But it took 151 before I actually booked one. And to have the dedication to keep coming back, you must have confidence in yourself and your ability. 
well, no, you just have a shrinking bank account and you think this is my shot. <laughs> I'll do this one. <laughs> Every day you just go, well, maybe this one will work. <laughs> then my voice resume started expanding. Once I got one, I had something under my belt that would allow me to do two more. This was my first video game audition, and I just treated it like I would have treated any of, the, of them. I went, I made a decision on how this guy should sound based on very little information, and was quite frankly surprised when I got it. Went in, did a session, months go by, they invite you back, and you go, oh, yay, I get to go back and do that guy again. And then months go by, and you forget about it. And then someone calls up and says, there's another Resident Evil. And you're like, oh, yay, maybe I'll get to be on it again. And then you do. So that's kind of how it works. There was never one thing that went, yes, that man should be the voice of Albert Wesker in video games. It was a very slow build. It was, you know, block upon block until I get to do more and more voice work. And then surprisingly, be years, many years later, invited to a convention in San Jose and realize, oh, my goodness, people actually know who I am. <laughs> and shrinking terror when you laugh. <laughs> but that, that's interesting with Code Veronica being your first Resident yeah. Evil game and how that kind of compared in the context of the other work you were doing. And what goes to that, we've got a question that came in on our Twitter account from at Geek Volume 291. She's from Germany and she wanted to know how did you prepare for that first role and what was the most challenging part of it? My only preparation was what do I think is really villainous? What is my idea of an anime villain? What's the picture in my head of an anime villain? And then taking my shot. So it was that, here's the picture in my head, like I say, sort of David Bowie and Labyrinth kind of thing. How would he sound? And we'd been watching Jungle Book, and I loved George Saunders. So I thought, this is the way to go with it. When I saw this buff, blonde guy, I thought, mm. I've made a huge mistake. But the team from Capcom loved it. Absolutely. It's spot on. A fantastic way to present the character and, and, and the tones just go so well. And interesting to think, perhaps, like you say, how it would have changed had you seen the concept art. And I know, Aaron, you've got a question from JC Weston about the concept art. I really like the one part of this question because it's really nice. JC Wesker from England says, Thank you for gracing us with what is my personal favorite Wesker voice and my personal favorite fictional character. It's been much too long since the definitive Albert Wesker was with us. A character who would taunt us with such arrogance. A villain who displays such intensity and gravitas because of what you brought to the role. Were you given any concept art with which to draw inspiration from during your initial performance of Wesker and Code Veronica and... If not, how did you envision Wesker in your own mind with only scripted dialogue to work with? When I first went into audition, I had zero information. I had no information whatsoever. All I knew of was that uh, Wesker was a villain. And, well, and I could tell that from the dialogue and the meager breakdown that was given. So, you know, when I auditioned and was chosen to do it, Susan Hart was the voice casting director. I didn't even have a picture of him. In my head, I, I sort of pictured him. I knew it was a Japanese-based game. And I sort of had a picture in my head of David Bowie in Labyrinth as this Wesker guy, like some sort of fantastical thing with a long robe and all that. And then when I saw him, you know, this buff blonde guy with shades on, I was like, wow, I really wish I'd seen this before. I would have changed what I did. Ah, oh, that's interesting. And then it seemed to work anyway, and everybody was happy with it. So as soon as everybody else was happy with it, I was happy with it. 
And I based uh, my villains, <laughs> almost all my villains, on, I guess Jungle Book was really influential to me, on Shere Khan, the tiger, and George Saunders. Oh. And, you know, George Saunders in yes. the 30s and 40s was the ultimate villain actor because of the timbre of his voice and his sophistication. Almost more sinister that he has that sort of controlled, calm voice, doesn't he? I don't think he could help. I don't think George Saunders could help but be upper class. And I have to add, I'm blushing. Yeah, we got him to blush. <laughs> Victory! <laughs> there are voices on games that I, that I enjoy that I've I've just gone, boy, I love that. Even little tiny background things. In, in Witcher 3, when you go into a town, sometimes there's that village walla in the background. And there's some either child or very young woman playing a child who does this, hee-hee, we's catching snails, that I just love. <laughs> I love it. It's brilliant. It's honest. You feel like that's a real thing happening in the background. Yes, that's fascinating because I did actually want to ask, without being disparaging of the other actors that have taken on roles in Resident Evil that may not necessarily be gamers, whether you felt that as a gamer yourself, you appreciate it from a different angle being a gamer yourself. I've become a fan. I, I love Doug Cockle, who's also got a great name, who does Harold to <laughs> yeah. Rivia. I, and in, well, let's say Skyrim. I mean, there's so many big names in Skyrim. Yes. Jeremy Irons and Joan Allen and, and a friend of mine, Michael Hogan, uh, Max von Sydow. Sean Bean, I should say, in Oblivion is is masterful yes. voice work. It's just masterful. Absolutely. Quite a long way from the voice acting in the very first Resident Evil game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the art of voicing these things have developed. And there is a different flavor to anime, uh, to Japanese um, games that I think is shifting slowly towards a more European or, or North American way of playing things. I find that uh, some of the early Japanese games, it's, there's there's a ton of emotion. There's a ton of, maybe emotion is the wrong word. I listen back to some of what I've done. And, and once again, I don't want to be the pop star who hates his, his biggest hit. But I, I listen back and I think, oh, that could have been simpler. There could have been a simpler way of delivering that. Part of the reason why I would love it if the stars aligned that Capcom came back to Ontario or whatever, and I would get to do Wesker again because I could fix all the things that bug me without changing anything for the fans. Do you know what I mean? That's very much you as the perfectionist, isn't it? It is. I, I am. And I'm very self-critical. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Albert Wesker. I aspired to become a leading researcher at Umbrella Inc., a pharmaceutical enterprise who covertly conducted bioorganic weapons, better known as BOW, for development. But at the leader development training ground situated in Raccoon City, I met a brilliant and talented researcher who made me decide to take a different path. William Birkin. In time, I shifted my position to STARS, a special forces unit of the Raccoon Police Department, umbrella for crisis management reasons of their illegal bioorganic weapons development, had many of its people working in the police department. I became the leader of STARS and conducted all sorts of intelligence activities for Umbrella. As I continued to serve, I devised my own plans and waited for the right moment to execute them. Then at last, opportunity knocked.
BSA Arclay from Wales and our very own The Oracle Dragon over in Pennsylvania. They wanted to ask, did Capcom allow you any character information for Wesker? Perhaps his background, biography or character traits or even his hatred for Chris Redfield? I had nothing going in. I did learn as we went and Wesker became more filled out in my mind, if not anywhere else. As we progressed and I, and I, you know, I tried to learn more. I asked the Capcom people questions and which of course had to be all translated and all that kind of thing. I wanted to know who this guy was and what his background was. So I did learn things over time and that he was, you know, that he was incredibly duplicitous, that he was working for all, there was all kinds of people who thought that he was on their side, which informs the character for me. I also remember a, a discussion with the Capcom people. Uh, um, one of the first sets of lines that I did, there were no contractions in it. Later on, there was a, a contraction appeared, and I sort of stopped and I said, I don't think Wesker does contractions. I think he always says do not or cannot. There's never a couldn't or a wouldn't or a shan't or anything like that. I don't think he does contractions. Let's try and do as few contractions as possible. I, I won't say there are none, but I, I do remember... Every time I saw one, filling it out and making it could okay. not. That's interesting you mentioned the translations because Alan Wenpei Mao from New Jersey posted on our website, a huge fan of yours, and, and he wanted to know whether you did have, in fact, any direct interaction or any specific direction from the Japanese developers during your recording sessions for either Code Ronica, Resident Evil Zero, Resident Evil 4, or indeed Wesker's report, where there was a, a lot of dialogue. And were there any significant differences between each game on the level of, of that interaction and direction? Initially, no. Initially, no. But then, as I say, as we sort of got to know each other and as, as Wesker developed as a character in their minds, I got to do a little bit of input. I don't believe I ever added whole lines or anything like that, but I would tweak the sentence structure every so often to make it something more comfortable in my mouth. And it, it would be a matter of, you know, a syllable or, or, or something like to give it a rhythm to certain things. I believe that there are certain quotes that people really love from Wesker. Oh, little fishy, come see my hook. Did you improvise this line yourself to give Wesker a more of a villain vibe or even that of a James Bond villain? I think I added the why. <laughs> <laughs> there are certain quotes from Wesker, and, and I seem to remember that little fishy was originally little fish and that I said little fishy almost by accident. Uh, and they went, keep that. It almost sounds more condescending. Yeah, yeah. Alexia? No. She's already fully awake. Chris, oh little fishy, come see my hook. Chris, I'm sending some company to keep you entertained. Consider this a small welcoming gift from me. Enjoy. <laughs> JC Wesker, he says, across Code Veronica X, Wesker's report, Resident Evil Zero, and Resident Evil 4, what are your feelings and memories of how Albert Wesker was developed as a character, both in terms of dialogue and the voice direction you were provided? I wanted 
Wesker to be sophisticated, a, a manipulator, a, a wizard of sorts. Mm-hmm. It's possible being a, a North American that we always think of the British as being more sophisticated than ourselves. I thought you were going to say more easy. <laughs> no, no uh, more sophisticated. And with sophistication, there's a level of power. And with power, there's a, a sense of wanting to rebel against it. Plus, I must say also that I did a lot of, you know, I've done a lot of George Bernard Shaw and Shakespeare and Granville Barker and J.B. Priestley plays. So it was an easy place for me to go. It was yeah. just one of those things. I've done it a hundred times. I can do it again. And I think it works really well because it does inspire that sort of cold, calculated calmness that Wesker very much has. Keep calm and carry heads. <laughs> if the old conspiracy against Dr. Marcus is revealed, Mr. Spencer's career will be over, not to mention ours, too. So, the time has come at last. What are you going to do? I will simply say goodbye to Umbrella. The biological weapon utilizing the T-virus has almost been completed. Our only remaining task is to acquire combat data. You can't be serious. I refuse to abandon my work. I have finished the research on the T-virus, but I need a little more time to complete the more powerful G-virus. Do as you wish. I will follow my initial plan and lure the STARS members into the mansion. Their superior combat training should make them perfect test subjects. <laughs> this is from Resi Fax from England, and he asks, what were the inspirations for your portrayal of Wesker? Was there anything that you specifically drew from? And did Capcom ask you to voice match with Peter Jessup's performance? Yeah, I'd never heard Peter Jessup. I, I had never heard Peter Jessup. I didn't even know there was uh, an Albert Wesker before me. That was how little I knew about the gaming world or this particular franchise or anything. I knew nothing going in. DC Douglas told me that he was given me as a reference initially and then then never again. It was always then it was his his baby and he took it from there. I don't know if um, I'm blanking on the guy's name who's in the movies. He was given either me or DC as a reference because he is going there with the voice. Well, it was Sean Roberts who played Albert Wesker in the movies. And we had a question from at Geek Vol 91 who asks, what do you think about Wesker's representation in the, and I just should add, I've added this little bit. Our listeners will probably gather what my views are on the films by the bit I've added. But she asks, what do you think about Wesker's representation in the non-canon Paul Anderson films that share the same name, but little else with our beloved series? Well... They share the name and the shades and the long black coat and the slick back blonde hair. And, uh, and I would say the voice to a certain degree. I mean, I think he was, I think he was either given me or DC Douglas to listen to because he's certainly going there. And, you know, the movies are, are a different thing. I think they're allowed to be a different thing. And I enjoyed them. I think Mila Jovovich is one of the most underrated actresses out there, especially because she can actually do action and be a real actress at the same time. Yes, yes. Uh, but as far as as that portrayal of Wesker, it's to me, it's um, Neo Matrix turned evil, mm. uh, which is fine. And it's fun. It's fine and it's fun. 
You mentioned Peter Jessup, and that ties into a question that was asked by Era 2 from Brazil, that you came in before and after, because obviously you voiced Albert Wesker in Code Ronda Corrects before Peter Jessup took on the role in the remake of Resident Evil, but then you came back for Resident Evil Zero. So were you aware of, of kind of why you were brought in um, either side of, of Peter's fantastic performance of Albert Wesker in Remake? I have no idea how Capcom works. <laughs> or why they make the decisions <laughs> that they make. But if there's any fan out there who thinks that I as, or any working actor would go, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> They're wrong. <laughs> I would have leapt at the chance to do Wesker over and over and over again. I really enjoyed it. It's fun being a bad guy. I tend to play villains and or losers. That's sort of my, uh, on film and TV, with the exception of very few things. And I have to say, yes, it's a blast to play villains, but I'm always really pleased when I get just a nice guy, just a nice, normal guy. <laughs> Someone who isn't crazy or drunk or villainous or duplicitous or, you know, on Designated Survivor, I, I actually thought I was just a nice guy until I started reading ahead in the scripts. And then I went, oh, damn, I'm a villain. <laughs> you know we all want to do the thing we don't get to do all the time so i'm always just thrilled to be just a guy just a normal guy hi i'm bob hi i'm bob <laughs> <laughs> i always found it kind of funny that he's this superhuman villain named al <laughs> he's practical al <laughs> I am with you with that, but you do have one of those voices, Richard, and I think it would be quite difficult to attach to a uh, middle-of-the-road, non-contentious character. We're all just so used to hearing you as Albert Wesker that we find it very difficult imagining, yeah, you as a, as a blue-collar Bob coming into an office. <laughs> Here comes Bob. Here's the evil laugh. <laughs> yeah, I'd have to keep that laugh under wraps. Then your cover's blown. Evil genius. He will be looking at you like, what's wrong with Bob? Yeah, we thought Bob was okay, then suddenly he laughed at our joke. Greatest <laughs> laugh in film. Renfield in the original Dracula, the Bela Lugosi Dracula. Well, the guy who plays Renfield has the best laugh in film history. I'm not going to do it justice, but it's like... <laughs> it's so weird and creepy. And one of those, as an actor, it's like, that was a bold choice and they kept it. Kudos, buddy. Yeah, very, very creepy and, and making you feel quite uncomfortable. Yeah, you know, he ate rats. <laughs> <laughs> so does Ozzy Osbourne. Oh, no, it was a chicken, wasn't it? I know, a bat. Ozzy Osbourne, yes, he did a bat. I think Alice Cooper did a chicken. You're making me think of my chickens are outside <laughs> my window right now. Your poor guinea hens. Well, when they were making loads of noise, I kind of wanted to bite their head. <laughs> uh, oh well, if you crossbreed a guinea with a chicken, they look like little vultures. Little vultures just running around. <laughs> Back to the action. Do, 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 do. <clears throat> uh, next up, a question from Oracle Dragon. Oracle Dragon, go ahead. Hello, everyone. Get ready for action. <laughs> JC Wesker asks, what are your memories of playing Wesker in both Resident Evil Zero, being a prequel, and finally Resident Evil 4, as they both afford an opportunity to reprise the character during events set both before and after Code Veronica? What are your memories? I do remember thinking, oh, we're going back, and I'm better at doing Wesker now than I was when I started. There was a part of me that wanted to go, if we're going to go back, let's do everything else, too. Let's redo everything else. Because I think I got better as I did Wesker. I got more into who that guy was. And the tones. 
the attitude, for lack of a better word. I think I got better at it. So going back made me think, well, let's do everything else too, because I'm better now than I was. I think that the more I did Wesker, not only the more I enjoyed it, but I actually thought I got better at it. So as I've said before, there's a part of me that wants to go back and redo the whole thing. You came to the right people here. Yes, you did. <laughs> Aaron, I'll, I'll leave that for you if you want to send some files to Richard. <laughs> I'll have him start digging. So I see you've managed to arrive at the village on time. Yes, but nobody remembered to roll out my red carpet. The villagers there are all being controlled. They automatically attack any intruders. Ring the church bell. That should quiet them down for a while. Unfortunately, time is not a luxury we have. Gather as much information as you can about the parasites and finish off this little tour. At Millie Redfield from Sweden, and she would like to know what's the the one thing you remember the most from voicing Wesker. What do I remember from the recording sessions? I remember thinking Susan Hart was one of the greatest directors, voice directors I'd ever worked with. And I remember the darkened glass from which I could barely see a row of the Capcom people. And there was something slightly creepy about that. <laughs> that I couldn't quite see them, but I knew they were there watching me like a hawk. <laughs> Almost like Wesker viewing Ada Wong in, in Resident Evil 4. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and that's interesting because Susan Hart is repeatedly mentioned during these interviews. And our, our last one just recently with Paul Haddad from Resident Evil 2, he mentions Susan Hart in just a similar way as yourself as really being there to, to take him through it and the direction and, and how fantastic she was. Yeah, she's, uh, she managed to be supportive and at the same time uh, be able to guide you toward what she knew they would want because she was she was the bridge between the Capcom people and the talent behind the mic and there was there was translation involved in that as well uh, I'm sure someone translated to her and then she sort of said and turned it around in her head of how do I say this to this actor in a supportive way in a guiding way and she's also just a really lovely lovely person so you enjoyed the session and you enjoyed talking about the character and what you want to do. And then she'd take back what you want to do to them and then come back and go, they think that's great. Go ahead and try that. We were always going to come to this question at geek vol 91 and Wesker child from England and Lizbeth from North America and Wesker's report from North America. And of course, many, many other fans I'm sure would like to know, Richard, your Wesker voice work is timeless pure classic across all the games but especially code veronica you just totally killed it that sentiment comes from wesker's report but along with all the others he asks what do you think about dc douglas's take on albert wesker i'm always surprised when fans find him too histrionic because i don't see that i don't hear that in it uh, dc's a little more nasal a little less british than me but i actually really like his calm I think DC's Wesker is as much in his head, a man who lives from his head, as mine was. And he's just got a different, slightly different take of someone who is intellect first and emotion second. Can I share something about the voice differences for a little bit? 
you gave Wester the cool, calm, collective kind of voice to him. You know, like the guy who doesn't want to get involved too much, but he's got everything planned out. Where DC, he's like the calm and collective, but inside he's so angry at everything that's going on around him because somebody keeps screwing up his plans. And that anger eventually boils out with his hatred towards Chris, which leads him to his downfall. Yeah. You are the calm, he is the rage. I would say that I'm a puppet master more than DC is. DC has, he's got the thing that most actors strive for, is to have the calm cap on top of a boiling pot. And I actually admire that about, he's got this, he's got the boiling pot going and he puts a lid on it. And then every so often it comes, you know, the lid comes off a little bit. No, I got, I got nothing bad to say about DC. We wouldn't put it on anyway. <laughs> yeah, we got quite a few people asking about your thoughts about DC. Barry Burton, 88, and Alexia Ashford ask, Richard Waugh will always be Wesker for me. I played Code Veronica when I was eight, and he scared the shit out of me and my friend. Barry Burton, 88. How would Richard have voiced Wesker differently in Resident Evil 5 if you were asked to come back? Not knowing much of the story, all I can say is that it's quite possible that I would have turned the heat up on my pot and kept a lid on as well. I think I might have turned up the frustration that he's not king of the world yet. <laughs> Long time no see, Chris. Wesker? Still alive? <laughs> I came for Alexia. An organization hired me to capture her. Wait! You attack the island! And my sister! <laughs> you have no idea how much I hate you. You destroyed my plans. So now I've sold my soul to a new organization. Now, die. Here's a little secret, Chris. I figured out that your sister is now in the Antarctic. With Alexia. It's too bad you won't be seeing her again. <laughs> Wesker Child, uh, he's posted in our forum and he wanted to know, what was it like to read the lines for Wesker's Report DVD? I loved having a bulk of stuff and learning more. You know, when I, I read Wesker's Report, I was like, oh, why didn't everybody tell me this before? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would have been quite useful, actually. To you. <laughs> it would have been great instead of the two-line bio that I first got when I very first auditioned. <laughs> That is a comprehensive DVD with enormous amounts of dialogue. And it really sounds like, you know, you've really taken to and enjoying the role, talking about the past events and, 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 and Wesker's opinion on, on all the different players and, and how he's controlling them like a puppet master. Yeah. I had an extra question for the Wesker report. What? Do you remember anything that was edited out of it? No, I have no idea. I walked out of the booth, crossed my fingers that it was good and went home. <laughs> <laughs> That's when my next order was given. Dispatch stars to the mansion. Dispose of them. Then report the situation to headquarters so that their combat with the bow could be used for data analysis, allowing Umbrella a comprehensive portrait of the bow's combat abilities. 
From the two stars teams, I first pitched in the Bravo team. As expected, the top elite of stars gave all they had and became useful sample data. Then following, I geared up the Alpha team to search and rescue the lost Bravo team. The members of the Alpha team also proved their worth, and as expected, many died. There were five survivors from the initial 11 stars members. From the Alpha team were Chris Redfield, Jill Valentine, and Barry Burton. And from the Bravo team were Rebecca Chambers and Enrico Marini. Okay, Bloody Eye from Missouri and Biohazard Valkyrie and BSA Arclay all ask, who do you think Albert Wesker is? What are his dominant motives, his end goals? How would you sum up his overall personality and which other fictional character in television or film does he remind you of? I don't know who he reminds me of. I can't think of I can't think of a villain. Well, I certainly won't be able to watch Jungle Book again the same way. <laughs> <laughs> After you mentioned Shere Khan. <laughs> that was my inspiration for the audition, for sure, Shere Khan. But I'm trying to think of somebody like Wesker. I think Wesker's kind of unique yeah. as a villain. I think there is a certain unique quality to Wesker that isn't like other film and TV villains. Hmm. So, I think he's a little bit like Jay Whitaker in Designated Survivor Season 1. <laughs> We've got a question that, that comes <laughs> on to that later. What do I think Wesker's background is and who he is as an essential human being? And I had to think about it. But what I landed on was that he was probably a nerd, a super smart, skinny little kid who got picked on. And he knew, he knew. He was smarter than these people, that he was better than these people. And the rest of his life has been trying to prove it by first working out and getting big and then going into biogenetics and then making himself truly superhuman. And he's just not done. He wants to be the most he wants to be the most superior human ever so that he can bully other people. That's a wonderful understanding of the character, particularly when you say that you didn't know of the sort of the history or weren't connected to the maybe the more intricate narratives, because as one of the Wesker children picked for being a genius, going to the narrative of Resident Evil Zero, him and William Birkin joined the management training facility as scientific. Yeah, he was a lab guy first. The cutscene when they execute Marcus, the way Wesker acted in that scene does give him like a nerd effect. I think his motivation was knowing that he was smarter than everybody else and being frustrated that he couldn't do something about that. He was a super smart kid who was bullied and thought, one day, one day, you are all going to pay for this. <laughs> I injected the virus I obtained from Birkin in advance. If I made Umbrella believe I was dead, it made it far more convenient to sell myself to the opposing corporation. According to Birkin, the virus had profound effects. It would put my body in a state of temporary death. It would then bring me back to life with superhuman powers. Therefore, I unleashed an awesome tyrant from its slumber and let it attack me. 
Now, Yoke from North America, he asks and he says, uh, no offense to other VAs, but for me, you are the Albert Wesker. Watching the Wesker report and hearing your voice was one of the main reasons why I even got into the series. Now, Yoke goes on to ask, was there a specific moment when you realized you were a part of a huge series like Resident Evil? And when did you become aware of what a particularly massive fan favorite Wesker is? I can pinpoint that moment. I received an email from Fanime in San Jose asking if they could fly me down to be on panels at a convention. I had never been asked that before. I knew nothing about it. And I even actually had to write back and go, what for? (laughs) Why are you asking me? (laughs) It's something new. I don't know what this is. Wow. And then just being asked was, of course, the moment when I went, oh, this is bigger than I thought it was. And then going down there and meeting fans, I was knocked out, absolutely knocked out at people who gave a darn about what I did as an actor. (laughs) (laughs) And it was after I got this email, I had to find Resident Evil and look at it and go, what is everybody so crazy about here? And I remember my first reaction is, wow, it's really, it's horror. That's horror. (laughs) Uh, That's gross. Now, I am a horror fan, so it wasn't. I wasn't yes. entirely going, I don't want nothing to do with this. But I was like, wow, is this violent? I had no idea. <laughs> and then going down there and meeting the fans and talking to them about how much Resident Evil meant to them, was it was a revelation. I had no idea. None. And now you're one of the fans yourself, going to conventions to meet DC. I am, yeah, <laughs> I am a fan. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that again goes to what we were saying before with the production values as that aspect of the gaming is taken more seriously the voice acting and how that can really resonate the characters with us absolutely and not just production values the dialogue the direction the uh, the depth of the writing i think just keeps getting better and better and better within gaming i don't think you can really compare quality wise of, of the performance and i'm not just talking about production values and things things that are being done now to things that were being done 20 years ago. It's obviously a higher quality of performance. Report. Time is almost up. Krause is dead. Really? Hmm. Leon doesn't die easily. That's fine. We can use him to clean up Sadler for us. We'll let them fight it out. Neither one of them will manage to come out unharmed. Easier said than done. Either way, it's your job to clean up what's left of them when the fight is over. Don't forget who is running the show. Whatever happens, we can't let either of them live to see tomorrow. Our goal is to retrieve the sample. Take out anything that might interfere with our plans. This question comes from me and JC Wesker. In terms of character development, what is your opinion on how the Wesker-Alexia confrontation and the Wesker-Chris confrontation was altered between the games Code Veronica and Code Veronica X? In the original version of Code Veronica, which was released on Sega Dreamcast in February 2000, Wesker was defeated by Alexia with a single smack, and he exclaims, What power! While in Code Veronica X, released 13 months later on PlayStation 2, the scene was suddenly altered. To have Wesker successfully retaliate and then flee. To leave Chris to do all the work to face Alexia alone. Which one do you prefer and why? I like the second version much more because um, Wesker is a puppet master. He does like to have other people 
do things for him. I think it was changed because, you know, power dynamics in superhero films and everything are, are always tricky. And, and sometimes you just go, how did that just happen? And I, I actually don't think Alexia could take Wesker out with one blow. What power? <laughs> wow. I like the second version mostly because he goes, oh, she's stronger than I thought she was. I'll let someone else handle this. <laughs> Not because he couldn't do it himself, but because it's more of a hassle. He doesn't want to get his hands too dirty. Yeah, it's, it's, more, of a, it's more trouble than he's willing to go to in this moment. Yeah, and I wonder if in the first they looked back and thought perhaps this doesn't show Wesker yeah. in as great a light. I mean, he is immensely powerful at that point. You know, yeah. he's already red eyes, right? Red yeah. eyes, jumping all over the place, superhuman strength. Yep. And he gets smacked down by Alexia like, bad dog. <laughs> Which is a great indicator of Alexia's power. But like I say, those power differentials, they're tricky, you know? Like even yeah. in the Marvel franchise, I, there's, I'll be really enjoying a movie and then I'll just suddenly go, what? I can't do that to them. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> just hand the kryptonite spear to Diana, you fools. <laughs> At last, I found you, Alexia. Come with me. <laughs> You're responsible for the creation of the T-Veronica virus. And now the only existing sample is in your body. I want it. Now. You want it? You are not worthy of its power. Now, we know it's an Oracle Dragon question because I'm getting to ask it. Um, <laughs> when recording for Resident Evil 4, Richard, did you enjoy Wesker keeping himself behind the scenes as a mastermind and watching over Ada as he directed her like a chess piece? Yes. Yes, I did. I like the, the chess master, puppet master aspect of Wesker a lot. That's my favorite part of Wesker is his strategic ability. See, I think that's when he's at his most successful because DC Douglas, Wesker at that point, is more hands-on. But then when he becomes more hands-on, he's almost more vulnerable when he steps from behind the desk almost and puts himself in the action. Yeah, I'm soaking up the praise. I, I keep wanting to say, don't stop, don't stop, don't stop. <laughs> um, but, uh, but it's not just us. It's, uh, the, you know, Capcom developed the character too. They, they realized that they had a great thing and they, and they fluffed him out more and more and more. And I think having him behind the scenes was wonderful for me as an actor to play the chess master that I had in my head, but the fans wanted to see him and wanted him to do stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of hard to balance those two things of having him be a puppet master but let the fans see him, you know, and let him get in there on the action. It's always those that delicate balance. I was wondering I, I if he was, was going to be it. too powerful in five. When I thought I was going to continue, I thought, how powerful is this guy going to get? I think that's how they did present him and the whole tone of Resident Evil 5 are kind of everyone. They're all more more like comic book characters or more exaggerated versions of themselves previously, particularly with Chris Redfield. Well, Chris did say Wesker was acting like a comic book villain at the final yeah, battle. Chris is a dick. <laughs> Wesker loves Claire. <laughs> yep. You heard it here, um, folks. I mean, he confirmed to... it. <laughs> Have you ever dated a girl who's got a brother and she goes on and on about how great her brother is? 
<laughs> I have, and I hated her brother. I, I initially liked her brother. By the time I finished dating her, I couldn't stand her brother. He was like, my brother would never say that. My brother will pick us up. My brother will. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I think if, yeah, if you and Claire ever did get together, I think the subject of Chris would have to be Yeah, off, off, off limits. No, we, and he only comes over for Thanksgiving. That's it. <laughs> Is he going to get an invite to the wedding? Or Oh, no, he can be at the wedding. But, the you know, as the relationship continues, he gets one dinner a year. Let's say Thanksgiving. <laughs> Not even a good one. I could just imagine Chris all tied up and gagged so he could just stay shut up and whisper be like, uh-huh, that's your place, boy. Be quiet. <laughs> well, look, Richard, we won't put him on the main table with you and Claire. We'll, at the we'll kids' table, like, yes. Further. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, now on to another question here. This has come from Cyberote, who's also like uh, the Oracle Dragon in Pennsylvania. <gasps> I'm not going to do my English thing and presume that you guys must have met. Uh, were you ever asked, Richard, by Capcom to reprise your role as Wesker after Resident Evil 4? Or are they no longer, <laughs> or are they no longer interested in the voice that sent chills down the spine with a single word? And that last bit was added by Yeah. Anna. I think if it had been financially feasible for them to keep, to keep me on, then they probably would have. But they moved they moved all their production somewhere else, so it was yeah. it was more expedient to hire actors locally where where they went to California. Every every aspect of a production of anything, television show or a movie franchise or something, everybody thinks that the important part is the part that they were doing. I'm sure Capcom thinks they've created a character so iconic that it doesn't really matter who voices it. It will still be a popular character. I could get with that for maybe series that perhaps weren't taken as seriously as Resident Evil or maybe didn't have a continuing narrative that is taken so seriously or so beloved by the fans. Well, let me, let, uh, as an I, example, yeah. I'm pretty sure that almost anybody can be plugged, almost anybody can be plugged into James Bond and the franchise will think it's going to be a success. Hmm. You know, they, they think that it yeah. won't matter if it's not Daniel Craig or starting with yeah. Sean Connery, they, that it won't matter who they plug into that. It'll still be just as successful because they've created this iconic character and they're not necessarily right. Richard, do you think though it's more important with voice acting that they stick with the integrity is kept by sticking with the same actor because obviously with voice acting it's really all centered you know is what it is it's all really centered on the voice and and we're not seeing your emotions in your face we're, we're hearing them and we're having to connect with you as an actor and emotionally and not through any expression that we see it's very much more i think reliant on characterization of the voice i do i do so i agree I with you and to me i of course think that the actors the single thing that makes something popular, whether it's the Doctor or James Bond or whatever, it's it's going to succeed or fail depending on the quality of the actor or the suitability of the actor sometimes. But I'm just saying that I can perfectly see why they would think, no, we've created this wonderful character. It doesn't matter if Dumbledore, yeah. if we have to switch out our Dumbledore, it's still Dumbledore. Yeah. It's still what J.K. Rowling wrote. It'll be just as just as good as if it was Richard Harris. I'm not sure I agree yeah. with that, but I can see their point is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of whether they ask actors to voice match when they come back or not, when I came into the series, I wanted Albert to always sound, you know, exactly the same. 
it's the same character and it almost takes me out of the scene if he changes and I think that's one they've had some wonderful actresses to play Jill Valentine but I think more than any other character it's changed so many occasions and without any voice matching that if as a fan you're playing through a, a series playthrough and you want to play it as a continuing narrative it can be a little jarring sometimes when you know the, the main protagonist is sounding quite different in various instances. I am with you I'm totally with you and I think it is particularly important when it's when it's only a voice well done Chris it turns out that Alexia's work wasn't much of anything so now the only thing left is revenge let her go Wesker you don't want her fine Claire today's a good day I came for Alexia but killing you is even better. Sorry to disappoint you, but Alexia is gone. That's no longer a concern to me. I have Steve to work with. What? Steve. Biohazard Valkyrie, and she asks, when Capcom did not cast you in Resident Evil 5, and then ultimately killed the character at the end of the game, the series really lost part of itself, and Capcom has been slowly trying to recapture that since. You were Wesker. How would you like for Wesker's fate to have been played out? World domination, death by rocket, or settling down with Claire? Oh, we know this answer. Well, he's going to settle down with Claire eventually, but the world domination can work in there. That could be, you know, world domination, then settle down. (laughs) Is that like his tick list on his fridge? (laughs) exactly. Wesker's also one of those characters who's invaluable in an almost Doctor Who way, is that he can always come back. Mm. There's always a way to revive a Wesker. The precedent has already been set that this guy can come back from virtually anything. Resi Evil Chick 96 from North America, uh, she wants to know, does Wesker ever inspire you in any other villainous roles that you have played? Uh, Do you ever channel some of his characteristics into those roles? I need to make a confession here. When I realized that there were people out there who loved Albert Wesker, whenever I have a chance and whenever I have the opportunity to do Wesker, I go there because I think it will be a little Easter egg for people who are Wesker fans or, or who know that I did that. Oh, wow. So every so, you know, if I have the opportunity to go into Wesker, I do it as a kind of wink and a nod to the Resident Evil fans. I'm in <laughs> oh. I'm in the next Assassin's Creed that's out, the Odyssey. I didn't have the opportunity to do that there. But uh, whenever I do get a chance to go there, I jump on it. Oh, fantastic. Wanting to go back now over, over, over some of your roles and listen. <laughs> <laughs> From me and BSA Orclay again, Richard, you have played the role of Wesker masterfully. And for more Resident Evil main installments than anyone, for all the many times you have played this iconic antagonist, which one was the most enjoyable experience for you? Wesker's Report. Yay! I, loved, I really loved doing Wesker's Report because it was a big, it was a big slice of cake to dig into. Absolutely, yeah, that really comes across. It's a comprehensive DVD, and there's a huge amount of dialogue on. Yeah, that. and I learned a ton. <laughs> As my consciousness faded away, I was certain that the whole scheme would end in success. Never did I imagine that stars could slay the evil creation. I lost the tyrant, and the plan I devised, which cost me my humanity, ended in failure. Now, 
anyone or anything that stood in my way would be terminated. It has been that way for a long time, and it always will be. At all costs, I had to make stars pay. Bloody Eye says, which type of roles do you prefer as both voice actor and on screen, heroes or villains, and why? I love playing villains. It's really fun, but I do it so much that I get excited when I get to be a hero or just a normal guy. Yes, I love playing villains. Villains are fun. Actors aren't lying when they say villains are the most fun to play. But when you've done it a lot, it's great to not do that. Just as an actor, you're expanding your range. Yeah. Aren't you? Do you have your own personal favorite across film, video games, animation, across those various genres? Have you got your own favorite antagonist? Well, I've always, you know, I always, I'm worried that I'm getting too old to play Mac in the Scottish play. Oh. I've always <laughs> loved that character. I've always wanted a shot at that character. More than Hamlet, more than Lear, more than any of the others. I've always wanted to play Mackers. Particular traits about the character that interest you or just the overall? No, it's not overall villainy. And that's what attracts me to it is how much is evil influencing him and how much is he in is it inside him is the evil of, of being is it a magic dusting of evil that's happened to mackers or is it something triggered within him is always to me the most fascinating question of that play is it the weird sisters or is it him that's really gone wrong mm. sorry it's another shakespeare but uh, iago is another fantastic villain we have to look up a lot of stuff now <laughs> <laughs> I've always wanted to play, do the Scottish play, and I'm starting to get too old for it. I'm getting outside the realm of believability as a as a warrior. <laughs> oh, I think you'll be too hard in this. <laughs> I mean, I would have loved to have done the films, the Resident Evil films, and I think that would have been fun oh, yes. for the Resident Evil fans to have my voice coming out of the film character. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And I would have, I would have been that. totally willing to work out and wear lifts. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that just would have given more integrity to the films. They are based on the, are meant to be based on, on the video series. So I know that's what they did with the Ada One character, that the actress, uh, it wasn't a question of, of her acting ability, but just in terms of the accent wasn't quite right. She was an Asian actress, and I think they wanted to have a, a slight American tone to her voice. And so they brought in Sally Cahill. Luis has succeeded in recovering the sample. He's waiting in the castle. Get in contact with him ASAP. Understood. And that US government lapdog, Leon. If you do happen to encounter him, put him out of commission. We can't let him interfere with our plans. He has no idea what's going on. He's nothing we need to worry about. He's a survivor of Raccoon City. We can do without the extra distraction. Take him out. We're coming towards the end of this Halloween night and Richard, you've just been incredible with us and, and to all the fans, we've been recording now for over two and a half hours. To all the fans, we've been getting sidetracked a lot. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> None of it was Aaron's uh, fault. <laughs> I was just listening to people, it was, yeah, okay, no, it's not my fault. It was when Aaron went on and on and on about Doctor Who. That was the one. Uh -huh. <laughs> Now, if we can slightly draw the Albert Wesker, if you'll allow me, Richard, to a close, particularly nervous saying that after your performance just now, you are an accomplished actor with a fantastic CV and just some of the other things that you've done, 
JC Wesker, he, he just wants to say a quick thumbs up to Mr. War's small but plot pivotal role as Sappenstein in 2001's The Score and as Jay Whittaker in season one of Designated Survivor, who I'd love to see come back. Yeah, but Jay is in jail. There was an idea at one point between season one and season two, someone would come interview Jay Whittaker, someone from the White House would come interview Jay Whittaker to try and catch the other guys, the other bad guys that are trying to bring down the American government. But then it changed showrunners and they wanted to move on to different plots. They sort of wrapped up that storyline really quickly. I spoke to Kiefer briefly and realized within moments, yeah, Jay Whitaker is not going to be back. <laughs> That's a shame because that would be a fantastic plot point. I've seen other things. I mean, Homeland, for example, where they've taken characters that have been imprisoned and, and in order to bring them back because they're very popular characters and, and actors, you know, they've, someone's gone into the jail system and, and, and interviewed them, and, and that's a way that you can enjoy that character. Designated Survivor was a blast to do. That is a fantastic cast. It really is. Every single person in that cast is such a pro and kind and smart and funny, and we're all pretty political. All of us, were, I mean, we were all talking politics <laughs> off camera. It would go into a political discussion. It's a great cast, and I hope they do. I really hope they do well on Netflix because I think it's a terrific show. Good sir, do you wear sunglasses at night? Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Yay! oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> and which three is taking up a lot of my time these days? <laughs> <laughs> so I was going to ask what you'd put down as, as your favorite video game. Not necessarily of all times. So that's that's a really hard one to ask, but maybe at, at the moment. At the moment, on this day, it's Witcher 3. But I think that the Dragon Age trilogy is phenomenal. Yes. Absolutely phenomenal. If you were to ask my all-time favorite, I would say Skyrim, but because that's because it was my gateway game. It was the first time I realized the capabilities of open world. There were fish in the stream. If you went under the water, you could see your horse's feet kicking. The Just the detail blew my mind on Skyrim, so that that effect will always hit me. There will never be a good a Star Wars moment as the first time when I was 12 years old and that first ship went over my head, ever. Yeah. You know? So Skyrim <laughs> yeah. will always be my favorite video game. Oh, I could pick you. up an object and throw it in Skyrim. Knocked out. <laughs> yeah, reminds me of that moment on Ocarina of Time, Zelda, when I just walked around smashing points. <laughs> uh, yeah. For far, far too yeah. long. And then you get well, into putting baskets on people's heads. <laughs> <laughs> See, now you're channeling your inner Wesker. That's kind of the rebellion. <laughs> Richard War, the voice of Albert Wesker, thank you so very much for joining us for the second time today. You've been so generous with your time, the openness and the detail with which you've answered the questions. On behalf of myself, the website Crimson Head Elder, and, and all your Resident Evil fans in the survival horror community, thank you. Entirely my pleasure, truly. Thank you so much. I really hope you come back again. I don't self-promote much, but if I'm invited, I tend to say yes. Yay! <laughs> a Wesker special again? I yeah. used the tend. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I tend <laughs> to say yes. <laughs> you have been listening to a Crimson Head Elder exclusive. And for more interview podcasts with the icons of survival horror, including Resident Evil 3 director Kazuhiro Aoyama, The Walking Dead's Carrie Payton, and Claire Redfield actress Alison Court, 
please visit our YouTube channel, Survival Horror Podcasts, and our community website, Crimson Head Elder, www.crimson-head.com. And for all your survival horror news, follow us on Twitter at Crimson underscore Head, where you will also find our full cast of special guests this Halloween season, including The Walking Dead Xander Barkley and the director of Resident Evil Operation Raccoon City, Andrew Santos. From the entire Crimson Head Elder team, happy Halloween, and we hope to see you in our survival horror mansion real soon.